Hey, the Washington football team that classified best podcast that's out there. You know we got some good people like Eric and Ellie, they on there. We know Washington football team, the best team out there, and we don't care. They used to talk about how we ain't make it to the players, but boy, did y'all go there? Let's talk about Chase Young getting them sacks. Let's talk about Gibson running it back. Let's talk about Terry Lawrence scoring touchdowns every time he catching that pass. Let's talk about Rupert Foster, how he's sitting there waiting for somebody to run that slant. Let's talk about Kim Fuller, how many picks he got. Yeah, the boy be still in the pass. Pick six. Welcome back to the official Washington football team declassified podcast, at least for another month or so. Um, and we're going to jump right into the offseason. I know we play the Giants this week. Uh, quick predictions on that before we go directly into our offseason pod. Uh, Brian, start us out. Do we win this game against the Giants? We win it barely. It's going to be a struggle. I know a lot of people think, oh, the Giants don't have anybody. Uh, we should roll over them easy. Well, we're, we're not that great. We're not that great of a team. It'll be a struggle. We will win 25-17. I'll take Eric? 35-10 Washington. I ain't buying it. They got Jake Fromm playing quarterback. <laughs> Saquon's a running back. Fine. But you don't have any any threat. It's going to be like when we had the Philly game a couple of weeks ago when we had that guy off the street coming in. No threat of the pass. I, I got Washington rolling in this one like a hunchback doing somersaults. 35-10. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take uh, and I'm going to take uh, the jot and I'm lying. They'll give me us uh, 21-19. All right. Enough of that. The regular season ends after that game. We're not making the playoffs. So let's jump right into the offseason. <laughs> First, the first big event of the offseason is February 2nd. The team has announced that they're going to announce the new name of the Washington football team on the Today Show. Oh, it's kind of exciting. Groundhog's Day, blah, blah, blah. Um, one disclaimer here. Guys, redirects for websites are so easy to do and can happen anywhere. Don't take the bait. Just because a site is redirecting to WashingtonFootball.com does not mean that's the new name. That's what you would call internet trolls doing what they do. They're trolling you guys, okay? And I do want to make this point again. If Washington was setting up a new site for Washington, let's say the Admirals, they would not redirect the Admirals site to WashingtonFootball.com. They would redirect Washington Football to the Admirals site. Know what you're looking for. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Eric, the news came out this week. Are you excited about the name? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Not even a little. I don't care. This has gone on way too long. I stopped caring a long time ago. I, you know, whenever they release it, everybody's going to hate it at first. And then a week's going to go by. The Super Bowl is going to get played. Everybody's going to forget about it. We'll move on with our lives. Uh, whatever the new team name is, I'm down. Just roll with it. Uh, so let's go with it. But excitement, no, excitement left me a long time ago on this topic. I just want it over. All right. Brian, are you excited that the commanders are going to announce their new name in uh, February? <laughs> yes, only because it will be done at this point. Like this has dragged on for so long. I think a lot longer than they probably needed to do it. But uh, now that we're here, yes, I'm excited so we can move on. We can get past it. I don't really care too much what the name is as long as it's not football team. That's not a name. It's a designation. We'll have a name now. Maybe corny, may not be, whatever. Let's get to draft stuff because that's what I want. <laughs> I'm Washington football team is like, Spaghetti pasta. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like tuna fish. <laughs> Cake pie. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Not the same. Didn't work. No. Highest um, superior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were uh, a few names that kind of got thrown out there. Um, 
Red Wolves was decided that this is not going to be the name. If you ask me, this was never going to be the name. I think the team was just trying to make you feel good about it not being the name. Um, and that leaves, uh, what was it, Admirals, Commanders, you know, the hotly debated thing. Yep. Um, you know what's I, gone quiet, though? Red Tails has gone not, quiet. Not and Red Tails, Eric. I hate not, that name. I hate the name. I mean, I, much love. We've been over this before. Much love to the Tuskegee Airmen. No, no disrespect, but that's a terrible name for a football team. We can't do that. That red tail. It has gone quiet. That was, it was beautiful. Like, I'm disappointed that we won't get that patch because that thing looked pretty cool. Yeah. The design was nice, but it's not red tails. People think it's admirals. It's not admirals. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I've said it already in this episode. So <laughs> if you're clever enough to listen, then you will know what it is. Anyway, at least what my uh, belief is that it will be which is correct. Um, all right. So now that we got that out the way, we're all past that now. Okay. Moving on. The first thing we had to do in the off season is talk about the coaches and kind of what they did and how we feel like they did before we jump into the player evaluations and things of that nature. Um, so let's start with the head man in charge, Ron Rivera, another losing season in his second year with the team, uh, questionable decisions at the quarterback position, this, is, this last offseason was a completely around Rivera offseason. All things considered, Eric, if you had to give us an assessment and a grade on Ron Rivera this year, um, what would that be? Well, um, yeah, he'd be a C, a solid C. Um, he's just, you know, we weren't very good. Um, actually, I, I, getting ready for this episode, I had a little bit of free time because I didn't have electricity. And uh, I went back and uh, actually looked at the first 32 games for every coach since uh, uh, Gibbs won. So Joe Gibbs' first term, uh, first 32 games, 21-11, uh, 4-0 in the playoffs for the Super Bowl title. Not bad, right? Not at all. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, North Turner, 9-23. Uh, and 23. Marty Schottenheimer, 8-8, eight and eight, never made it to 20, uh, 32 games. Uh, got fired after a season. He was uh, 200, 126 and one for his career. So I, I assume he would have done a little better. Uh, Steve Spurrier, 12 and 20. Joe Gibbs, uh, second time around, 16 and 16. One and one in a playoff, the only playoff victory in, uh, since he left the first time. Jim Zorn, 12 and 20. Mike Shanahan, 11 and 21. Jay Gruden, 13 and 19, 0 and 1 in the playoffs. Ron Rivera, 13 and 19, 0 and 1 in the playoffs. So Ron Rivera is Jay Gruden, essentially, is what I'm getting at. Uh, pretty much slightly above average for the average of coaches, uh, how they do um, to start out, but it hasn't been pretty. And uh, Ron is just continuing the trend. He was brought here to change the culture. Thus far, the culture is winning. So Ron Rivera is uh, a C as far as coaching in, uh, this year in my book. Okay. A C. I think that's a, I think he'd be okay with that. All things considered. Uh, Brian, what's your, what, what's your thought and assessment of Ron and uh, grade for him? Yeah, so as far as grade, it's similar to Eric's. I got a C plus. Um, I think he has really had a rough go of some of the things that he's had to deal with. One of the things I think, especially for this job here in D.C., it's not just X's and O's on the field because our team is really good at other things like drama. And unfortunately, a head coach has to deal with that. Uh, things that are off the field, his head trainer getting arrested this year, uh, players who, uh, you know, losing girlfriends, um, brothers getting killed, like stuff that you wouldn't think about. He's had to deal with himself. So 
all of that being said, I think he's done a really good job of keeping it together. Um, as bad as it's looked uh, this year, it could have been a lot worse. Um, that doesn't excuse any of, um, you know, some of his decision-making. I mean, the quarterback position, I think he fumbled right from the start. I think he overestimated how good the defense was going to be. Clearly, I think he thought he could win this year, and they just really weren't close to that. Um, but he gets the most out of these guys. The The players love him. They will play for him. Um, so I think he needs to do better. He's got a lot of self-scouting that he needs to do, things that he needs to change. But I think given all of the issues that he's had to deal with on the field, off the field, I think a C plus is right about where he's at. But he's got to do better than that because that that's not, you know, Eric said it, that's not what he was brought here for. Yeah, I got a, I got a hard time with the C plus and I'll tell you why because it's almost a B and I think in order to be a B you'd have to have a lot more results than what we've seen uh, I'm gonna go with C minus and I'll tell you why the thing I'll give him credit for is what you said he gets the guys to play hard but you're talking about getting mediocre talent to play at or above their talent level and he's the one responsible for bringing the mediocre talent into the building. Um, can you tell me that the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing was a success? Absolutely not. The Curtis Samuel signing year one, was that a success? No. Will it be a success later? It could be, but we have to go with the information we have right now. Diami Brown, the draft pick, was that a success? Was Jamin Davis, the first round pick at 19, a success? No. These are all decisions that he's in charge of, right? And I know we have uh, Mayhew and uh, Herney, but he has the final say of player personnel. So those Not to things, mention he's the one that hired those guys. Exactly right. So those things matter. And if it weren't for the fact that the team really does seem to play for him, and I think he's brought a lot of stability to the organization, it'd be a lower grade. I'll be honest with you. For this year. Um, the expectations are a little bit higher. Are we a better team this year than we were last year? No. We, we said that earlier in the season, right? Last year's team would kick this year's team's butt, and that's with some of Jay Gruden's players. So um, all in all, I'm not, I haven't given up on Ron Rivera, but I think year three is going to be monumental in his ability to really push us forward. Um, but right now I'm at a C minus. All right. So next. I think that I, I just to, interject real quick i think that your c minus should actually be a c plus because you are intertwining the coach with the executive as an executive i think i give ron rivera a d uh because the, he, he he was in charge he oversaw everything that happened in this offseason including the ouster of kyle smith who was very good at his job um so yeah, he coached up the players he's the one that brought the players in but he did coach them up uh if you had somebody a little better bringing the players in uh, he might have been a better coach. Um, so I'm going to stick with the C anyway. But just uh, I wanted to nitpick at you a little bit, Ellie. Well, that's fair. That's, that's how we do. But does Ron Rivera coach the players up? See, that that's a, to me, that's a little bit of a misnomer because you have so many position coaches. You have your coordinators. Ron Rivera is just the, is the head guy, right? Like he's not out there, you know, coaching – giving tips to Antonio Gibson on ball carrying control. If he was, he'd get nap. But I, you know. Well, <laughs> using your argument, then you would have to give him credit for bringing in the position coaches to coach those guys up. No, that's a negative. 
<laughs> We're going to get to that later. <laughs> One of his shortcomings is his trust or the leeway he gives his coordinators, uh, yeah. Adele Rio and a Turner, which I, I, I know we're going to talk about next. But I think that is his um, downfall. Is he, he gives those guys so much autonomy. And when he sees them struggling or failing, like it took him to the bye week against Tampa Bay before he made suggestions to them about what changes they should make. That should have happened after game three. We shouldn't have had to be two and six for him to make changes. So and, and yeah. that could very well be a result of him wearing so many hats in charge of the team as well. Yep. You know, when you're the GM and the team president uh, or whatever he is, you have to, you have to delegate more. So, you know, that it goes back to, Maybe he's not cut out to be an executive. Well, whose decision is is it with how many hats he wears? It comes back to the same guy. So, you know, also he lied to us. He told us Troy Apke was special and he had five tackles on the year. So, you know. You didn't say what kind of special. <laughs> All right, moving on. Velcro, Velcro shoe special, you know. <laughs> you didn't That's specify that. Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator. Um the, this one's a tough one for me. So I'm going to start with you, Eric. Give me your assessment of grade for Jack Del Rio. This year only, I'm going to go C minus for Jack Del Rio, borderline D, uh, because he is, you know, this is like what my teachers used to tell me. It's, it's very sad. You're, he's capable of so much more and we're just not getting, we're not getting what he's capable of. Uh, so uh, I think that, you know, this year was not his finest year of coaching. I, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. I don't know what type of issues were going on with players, with position coach. I don't know any of that. I just know that as a defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio is way better than what we saw this year. Um, so the C minus he gets is kind of based on his reputation. Cause I mean, anybody else, it would be like, that would be, that was like a Joe Barry, like <laughs> that'd be an A plus for Joe Barry. But I mean, like his coaching level, you know, he gets credit for who he is and what he's done in the past. So that's kind of bringing him up a little bit. But I can't say that this was his best coaching job. And I think he's capable of much better. So C minus for Jack Del Rio. Okay. Brian? Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of what Jack Del Rio put out uh, this year in terms of his defense. Um, it's a it's a D, uh, the performance that he put forth. Now, again, uh, was there something happening behind the scenes, like Eric was mentioning, uh, that prevented him uh, from doing more? Because in 2020, I think we talked about it on uh, one of the previous pods, like they made adjustments in 2020, offensively and defensively. There, there would be games at halftime, we would go in, we'd make adjustments, and the other team wouldn't score in the second half, or they'd only have three points. We didn't do any of that. Uh, and maybe that's because we replaced a lot of guys from the 2020 defense uh, to the 2021 defense. And they had to go simpler. They had to, you know, keep things uh, vanilla or basic or just, you know, simple. I don't know. But there, there wasn't a lot of adjustment. There was almost a resistance to blitzing. There was a resistance to, you know, going to man coverage, which a William Jackson, the third is a little bit better at than zone. So, uh, all the way around, I, it just wasn't a good performance from the defense and the guy leading the defense, which is Del Rio. I, I think a lot more could have been done and could have been done pretty easily um, if, you know, some, you know, different decisions had been made. So I can only go with uh, D, but I do, I do think he can do better because we've seen him do better. He has a track record of putting out good defenses. And again, it was just 2020 when the defense actually looked competent and looked like it was ascending. I'm going to go with the C plus. 
And and the reason I I hear all your arguments about how poorly the defense played in in great respect, but I'm going to assume that Del Rio did not pick the players and Del Rio did not have a middle linebacker to work with all year long, which I think really changed the course and the nature of the defense and also limited the adjustments that he could make because of the personnel decisions that were made. Right. Um, You know, he's playing five D linemen, one linebacker, a bunch of DBs, which is not going to be effective in the run game. There's all kinds of problems that were really um, propagated by personnel decisions, which go in my um, tally to Ron Rivera. And I don't put that on Del Rio. So I think he had lemons and he tried to make lemonade as best he could. It just wasn't very delicious. (laughs) So I'm going to go C plus. Um, And also, let me ask you guys this. What unit was a better unit this year, the offense or the defense? It depends. I'd say the defense overall, yeah, probably slightly better. Yeah, but the the, the mark I have against Del Rio also is that when he had all of his toys in his toy box, the defense was actually worse. The defense improved as he had to start making chicken salad, so to speak, because when he started losing guys like Chase Young and Montez Sweat, um, you know, when Jamin Davis is playing time strip back, is you know he started losing these guys. That's when the defense started playing better. Um, which kind of lends itself to coaching. And that's, that's kind of what I was alluding to with like maybe behind the scenes, there were some attitudes mm-hmm. going on or whatever, but yeah, it's a, it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. So uh, like I said, I just think, I think he's, he's capable of putting a good product out there. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Brian. I will say Ron even mentioned it several times in like post-game press conferences um, guys, not playing to the technique of the defense, right? Not, uh, not playing how they're being coached to play and in specific, you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So, um, you know, I think of that, you know, definitely played uh, uh, a big portion or a big factor into it. So that, you know, that shouldn't fall on uh, Del Rio, right? If guys are choosing to kind of freelance on their own or of their own accord, you know, they've, they've got to have some accountability uh, in that too. So I won't hang that portion of it on Del Rio, but I think there still could have been more uh, done for that. Del Rio's had an interesting career. Eric, you and I talked about this months ago, but Del Rio hasn't had a lot of second years as defensive coordinators. No, I think he's only one or two. Um, and maybe you're kind of seeing what happens as defense gets figured out potentially, you know, um, he's just been either promoted or moved on to different teams so often that year two is not really a real thing for him. All right, this is going to be the one that I think everybody really cares about, and that is offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Um, the offense it was what it has been under Scott Turner, a 19 points a game offense, uh, a lot of really safe plays. Um, uh, Eric, what'd you think? Yeah, I just don't – I almost I almost want to just give him an incomplete because of what the quarterback situation looked like. You just don't have – I don't know if that's a cop-out, but I don't know at this point two years in what his offense is supposed to look like because there has really not been – when the quarterback play has been competent, like with Alex Smith, there were still limitations with Taylor Heineke. It's competent, but – you know, they can't, those guys can't drive the ball down the field with where, you know, with, with where Smith was at with his leg, with where uh, uh, Heineke is with his arm strength. Kyle Allen has had such a tiny uh, sample size, you know, he gets injured as soon as he goes in, he's had maybe a, what, three games that he's played and they've looked decent when he's, you know, played, but, you know, defenses really haven't had a chance to figure him out. 
Um, and then, of course, you had guys like Dwayne Haskins in there and the, the Fitzpatrick disaster in the first half of that game. Uh, so it's really hard to know what the offense is really supposed to look like with all the pieces working. That said, he's way too east-west for me. Um, he loves long developing setup plays with double reverses and going wide. And he doesn't care if the defense is fast. Um, and he seems like he had to be admonished into just going power running. Um, and when he did go power running, Antonio Gibson left a lot of yards on the field. So I really can't give him a good grade, but I can't give him a bad grade because I don't know what it's supposed to be. And this is, I guess it's a cop-out, but I got to go incomplete for him. I just don't know if he's just, you know, because you said you saw it live and I haven't seen his play live and I don't have access to all 22 because I'm poor. Um, so I don't know, you know, if he's scheming guys open or not. I can only see what's on TV. So I just don't know what the offense is supposed to look like. So incomplete for me. But like if pressed, I would say D. The kappa. Okay. Yeah, I'm a uh, cop out. <laughs> Brian, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not going to give Scott Turner any type of leniency. And I, I can't go by the excuse of, well, he, he's got to have a court. Well, if, if, you, if you give me a stud quarterback, too, I could probably get some touchdowns out of the guy uh, as well. And it, it goes to the basic things. You, you have a quarterback uh, who is a backup as your quarterback, and you're asking him to win you the game. You're asking him to throw it 30, 35 uh, plus times a game to win you the game. That makes no sense to me. That's not using the talent that you have wisely. That's not accurately uh, looking at their strengths uh, and weaknesses. That's not utilizing a number one receiver in Terry McLaurin, who is excellent uh, at catching the football and gaining yards, uh, or a offensive line who is excellent at run blocking, utilizing them to kind of wear down uh, the opponent, uh, coming up with game plans, like just basic common sense things. Um, hey, you've got a quarterback in Tyler or uh, Taylor Heineke who's holding the ball too long. Well, let, let's call some quick passes so we can get the ball out of his hands. Uh, maybe let's go hurry up, no huddle. All these basic things you see other offenses do on a consistent basis. We saw none of with Scott Turner, and it was week after week until, you know, again, Ron at the bye week had to tell him, right? The boss had to come and tell his employee, you need to make a change. And even then, it only lasted four games before we got back to what Scott Turner wants to do, which is go east to west, right? Which is um, take wide receivers and use them as running backs, uh, which is uh, throw these short underneath routes that the defense can just sit on and, um, you know, basically um, hammer us every time. We didn't move the pocket at all. We have a mobile quarterback. Taylor Heineke is mobile. He's pretty fast. And we didn't move the pocket at all. We didn't try to stress the defense. Um, so F, that's that's what Scott Turner gets. I'm not giving him any kind of leniency. Um, if he had showed, you know, at least uh, the the willingness um, to try something different, um, but he had to be forced into it. And as soon as he could, he reverted back to um, what he wanted to do, and which was not really what was best for the team. So, no, thank you. F Scott Turner, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go, I'll give you my grade first. I'm going to go C minus. Um, and I think the reason I'm doing that is I think his scheme does, or his, his, his system does get guys open, but I think he's also partially responsible for the quarterbacks that are in the, the uh, system that he has. Um, 
you know, I think we remember hearing that he advocated for Kyle Allen. He advocated for Heineke. He's the one that brought Heineke in, uh, which are quarterbacks without particularly strong arms. He kind of has the Jay Gruden syndrome to me, where it's like he likes quarterbacks that can execute his system to the T, regardless of if that's if that's a successful execution of the system. He just wants guys to run his system because he trusts his system more than he trusts players. Um, I, I just, and it hasn't worked, to be honest with you. I, the, the creativity is all pre-snap. There's no creativity within the play, and that bothers me as well. And the lack of commitment to the run when it matters is also something I just can't give him good marks for. Um, but I do think his play design is okay. Um, I'm not going to say that he's a good play caller because I don't believe that he is. I think a situational play calling is awful. Um, and that's something he needs to work on. So I'm going to go a C minus for Scott Turner. All right. Special teams, Nate Kazor. Uh, Eric, anything, uh, what's your, what's your thoughts on your grade for our special teams coordinator? I got no complaints about our special teams this year, other than we couldn't kick <laughs> our, <laughs> our kicker situation was just a disaster. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Carter had probably, uh, without looking at stats, a career year. Yeah. Um, you know, you have one of the top punters in the NFL. Um, you know, you didn't have – I don't think they gave up a return touchdown all year. They did give up blocks on kicks, um, field goal blocks, extra point blocks. They did have a punt block. That looked like a disaster in protection, though. Like, uh, I can't remember who it was. Just got flattened, just got run over. So, I don't know if that was – you know, scheme or what, that was just the guy not doing his job, I think, at that one point. Um, but, the, yeah, the block kicks were concerning. Um, and I don't know who's responsible for bringing in uh, that – whoever that kicker was that got everything blocked. <laughs> Chris Blewett, yeah, that guy. Whoever was responsible for that guy gets an F. So, if Kayser did that, then F for him. Um, but I'll go I'll go B-plus for special teams. I think they were fine. Um you know, the kicking woes were, you know, you had a kicker blow his hamstring out chasing down, um, you know, chasing down a, a, a blocked kick that looked like it was on the uh, right side of the line instead of on him. The Joey Sly injury that he got, that was like the one block that they got through and actually took it off his foot, whereas the other blocks were all at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the Brian Johnson guy, uh, I think he had one or two blocked. Um, so, you know, field goal field goal extra point team, you know, struggled. Uh, and whoever brought those kickers in probably should be not allowed to bring kickers in anymore. But, I mean, overall, I mean, your coverage units were fine. I don't think they gave up any returns. Had a kick return touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Carter was good. Of course, Troy Appy is the uh, most special special teams player of all time. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I'll go B-plus for special teams. Brian? Yeah, no, that's the same grade I'm going with his B-plus. The only thing I marked them down for is bringing in Chris Blewett, who, like, all of his kicks were blocked. I mean, I, I just can't imagine he looked good in practice at all. Like, out of anybody that you could have brought in, you brought in that guy. Um, so everything else looked good. I mean, I, I understand we had to – you had to move on from Hopkins. It just wasn't going to work. He probably needed a change of scenery and, may, you know, it may work out for him wherever he is uh, now, but it, it just wasn't going to continue here. Um, DeAndre Carter, he gained uh, – he had some really nice kick returns, did have one for a touchdown. 
Um, so that was good. And yeah, like Eric said, we didn't give up any um, touchdowns. Uh, and I don't really remember that many big returns against us either. Um, there may have been one or two, but uh, for the most part, we covered pretty well. Uh, in large part to guys like Troy Atkey getting down the field uh, and making those stops uh, needed. So B plus, I think, is uh, is pretty good. I'm going to go uh, C because we did give up a punt return touchdown. Um, but did? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I don't Who took one back? I looked at the stats. I didn't look at the game, but we did give up one. It may have been Dallas, oh, okay. actually. I can't remember. Um, but you guys are correct. Like, we had one really nice play on our – in terms of our return game, I wanted a little bit more. Carter was effective, but I don't think we got as much of the electricity or the juice that we thought we were going to get from him on the returns. So I'm going to go with C. Not a bad grade, but I just feel like there's some things that could have been better. And the kicking has to count. Like you're taking points off the board at that point, and that could have decided some games or several games. So uh, they get a C from me. All right, we are going to go through the assistants or the um, – the position coaches, excuse me. We'll do this relatively quickly, but we're going to start with Chris Harrison and the uh, defensive back coach. Eric, hit me. Um, the back end guys, the front end guys weren't good. The back end guys were, so I don't know. I don't know what that means, but like Danny Johnson and uh, I don't know who are, I don't even know those guys' names, but they came on at the end of the season. They actually played reasonably well. Um, but then you had guys like William Jackson who came in and kind of stunk it up. Kendall Fuller really struggled, especially earlier in the year. Uh, so, um, and St. Juice um, was was average when he came in. It was they did a nice job getting him coached up to the point where he could get, he could get some a lot of reps and starts until he got injured. Um, so we'll go we'll go C plus for the uh, defensive backs coach. Okay, and St. Juice feels like that was two years ago because we just yeah, no. name in so long. <laughs> Brian, what do you got for the defensive back coach, Chris Harris? Uh, I give him a B, uh, and, and I'll uh, I'll tell you why. Because I think he did a better job than you know probably it looked like uh, on uh, you know on tape. Uh, and, and one is because uh, you know I think Eric mentioned it, but you know some of the the lesser known guys, uh, the Daryl Roberts, the Danny Johnsons. Um, uh, what was that other guy, My, uh, McTire, those guys uh, in the opportunities that they got, you know, obviously more limited for McTire, but the Daryl Roberts and the Danny Johnsons, they played really well. When you get to like the veteran, uh, like a William Jackson, it's a little bit different. You know, I, I don't know how much those guys are affected by coaching or, or you know, allowing themselves to be coached. Um, he certainly, you know, had a hard time kind of transitioning to more zone than man. Uh, from what he's, he's used to. And I think Kendall Fuller got a bad rap. The last few years, Kendall Fuller has been on the outside. Uh, last year, he was on the outside for us. Kansas City, he was on the outside. He was full-time in the slot when, he, when we first drafted him. So this year, he had to start out. He had to go back into the slot after, you know, majority playing on the outside. Um, so I think that kind of made it uneven. It took him a, a little bit to get adjusted. But St. Juice didn't uh, perform that well. I think it, it was just too much too soon for him. And then they put him back outside and you saw Kendall Fuller sell down. Um, Bobby McCain, somebody who I dislike a lot and I don't think is very good. 
he got better as the season went on, right? We, we didn't see some of those uh, big wide open um, wide receiver touchdown plays that we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, that, got, that got a little bit better for him. His tackling got a little bit better. I think the entire group as a whole, corner safeties, their tackling got a little bit better as the year uh, went on as well. Um, and then I know he didn't really have much say in the uh, um, Landon Collins strong safety. That was, uh, that was all above him. So I'm going B. All right. I'm going to go see for a lot of the reasons you guys have stated. I think it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. All things considered and the lack of linebackers in front of them. I'll give him a pass on that, but I'm going to go with C for Chris Harris. Uh, Pete Hunter, the tight end coach. Uh, what do you got, Eric? Now I got to give him a B plus. He's probably my best. He did the best job with what he had this year. I think with losing Logan Thomas early, he got a lot of production out of seals Jones until he got hurt. Um, John Bates, really turned into a good player not even like wow that guy's not bad like he had a, he was very good the last like probably four games um I got got to give coaching a lot of credit on that to get him ready to play uh I can't wait to see what Sammy Reyes does next year because uh, he's going to be a pro bowler um because of Pete Horner's coaching no but uh yeah definitely <laughs> uh I'll go I'll go high b plus borderline a minus for Pete Horner okay Ryan, what do you got for our tight end coach yeah, I, I will go A minus. Uh, and that is because um, I think he got a lot of production for not having his number one guy. And the, I mean, you saw the production we got from, um, from our tight end uh, group last year. And then this year, we, we got a little bit out of Ricky Seals Jones. I think Ricky Seals Jones in general, that what you saw from him this year is kind of his max. That's just a, the type of player he is. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a 700 uh, yard five touchdown type guy. He'll give you some catches here or there, but um, he's, he's really more a backup kind of role player than he is a full-time starter. And, um, you know, bringing the, the rookie along uh, John Bates. I mean, you know, if um, you know, everything else considered, I I would say uh, he should be in line to be a starter next year. I mean, he, he looks really good. He looks like he has that ability. And then to take a guy who's never played football at all and make him as good as he was to make a roster, not saying that uh, Stamus Reyes is good, but you, you have to be at least decent enough to make an NFL roster, which he did for playing basketball, not football for his whole life. I, I, that's pretty impressive. So A minus. I'm going to give him an A because whenever you're in leadership and everybody under you performs well, regardless of their experience, you get an A. That's an A. Easy A. Running backs coach Randy Jordan, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, uh, Jared Patterson, a little bit of Smallwood, I think. Uh, Eric, where are we going with our grade for Randy Jordan? Jordan is a C coach, has been a C coach. I I don't want to be too too hard on the guy because he's been here forever. I just don't know why he's been here forever. Like, we've never really had a breakout running back under his – I can't think of any running back who's really been – really well developed under his tutelage. I mean, he's been here since Shanahan, hasn't he? Like he's yeah. been here forever. Yeah. Um, and all of our running backs just are, are, you know, they kind of max out at pretty good. Like Antonio Gibson, it's probably the best job that he's done. Um, and Gibson leaves a lot of yards on the field. He still puts the ball on the ground. He's got a long way to go to be like a really top end running back. Um, you know, he did a good job bringing Jared Patterson along, getting him ready to play. Uh, the last game, especially, I mean, Patterson looked like he was ready to play. He he wasn't overwhelmed. He produced 
So good on him for that. But just overall, Randy Jordan, just, you know, he's clearly well-respected um, to be, you know, to survive three different coaching staffs now. And he's still around. He's got to be doing something right. So uh, I just don't, I just don't know enough about what he does to give him a good grade. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a C. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to argue that uh, Brian, any arguments for that? No, I, I think, uh, I think a C is an appropriate grade. Um, you know, there, there's some coaches and some position groups where you look at them and you say uh, it's really the players who are probably doing the, you know, the, the bulk of the development and coaching. And I think this is one of them. I, I don't know really what kind of impact he's had on these guys. Um, Antonio Gibson, a, a, Ellie, I know you, you like to say he's a, a project uh, running back, but uh, you know, I, I really haven't seen the um, you know, the vision improve in Gibson uh, from year one to year two, uh, the fumbling, if anything, got worse, um, you know, this year. And I didn't, you know, we, we never heard any stories of how Randy Jordan is working on a different um, ball carrying posture. Or he's holding the ball up higher or anything like that um, about how to fix those solution uh, or fix that uh, issue. So um, yeah, I, 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 I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, bottom uh, of the roster players, we call them Jags, just a guy. I think he's just a coach, right? Like he, I don't, I don't know if he's special or not. So I think C is a appropriate grade for him. Right, I'm going to stop the Randy Jordan slander right here. <laughs> think about this. JD McKissick has had his best years under uh, Randy Jordan. That, that's been big for us. Um, Gibson was a very raw running back coming out and he's actually now a professional running back. Can he hold on to the ball? No, but he's a highly effective running back who leaves some things on the field, but that's part of growth and maturation at the position. Um, uh, you know, outside of that, Jared Patterson was okay. I'm not going to put that all on him. I mean, um, so I'm going to go with a C plus for Randy Jordan. I think if Gibson did not have the fumbling issues that he had, I think it'd be, a, you guys would think of him a little bit more positively and probably put him in the B category, but it is what it is. All right. Offensive line, John Matsko, Eric, lead us off. Got to give him an A uh, with all the shuffling they had around this year. Uh, <clears throat> you know, went through four centers, lost Brandon Sheriff, went through, you know, he had Sadiq Charles playing all over the line. He had, uh, you know, tackles go in and out. Um, you know, he was really juggling this year and the line was pretty good for most of the year. Very good for a good portion of the year. Uh, so yeah, I got to give him an A. Okay. Brian, what do you give him? A plus, 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 plus. He was excellent. Um, coming into this year, if, if I would have told you guys that the offensive line would be a strength, you'd probably be like, what? No, no, it's going to be the defensive line. It's going to be this other position group. He turned what was, you know, people were crying about Morgan Moses. I mean, are you kidding me? Morgan Moses? Like, <laughs> the guy was a false start waiting to happen or giving up sacks all the time. But he turned this group into one of the better groups in the NFL before injury really kind of ravaged it. And then COVID uh, finished off the group here late in the year um, with a lot of guys missing time. I mean, they were very, very good. I mean, almost dominant in the, the run game in terms of how they blocked some of those games. Eric Flowers were blocking people 10 yards downfield. Um, Schweitzer was blocking people 10. Cosme, I mean, Cosme, Cosme needs to stay healthy. 
But in those games that he played, he looked really, really good. He did not look overmatched or anything like that, except for that uh, Bosa game at the very uh, beginning. Um, A plus, excellent job. All right, he's no Bill Callahan, and Bill Callahan would be an A plus for me. But he did a yeah. really solid job. DC's overrated. <laughs> he did a really solid job. I didn't love the the growth of Sadiq Charles or lack thereof. That matters. Um, so I'll, I'll go with a, with an A minus. I like what he did there. I'll go A minus there. Uh, okay. Sam Mills, the defensive line coach. Eric, start us out here. When you have that much talent in front of you and they don't just completely dominate, you got to lose points for that. Um, but you have John Allen, who's an all who's who should be an all pro this year. I don't know if he's first team, but I think he should he should make all pro this year. Um I think Deron Payne's had a little bit of a, a back step. Uh, Sweat and Young clearly had took a step backwards. Um, but then you had guys like Tim Settle. You know, again, it's the lower end guys who kind of played a little bit above their heads. So, uh, yeah, he's a C. I think he definitely. I think he underachieved. I might even go C minus for him. I think he was the, the line, the defensive line, just underachieved this year outside of the outstanding performance from Allen, like individually as a unit, they just underperformed. So yeah, I think he, he uh, had chicken salad and made something else. Made tuna casserole. Uh, Brian, yeah. what do you give him? Yeah, it, it is a solid D. Um, what, what's the usual saying every time uh, we play four first round picks on the defensive line and we got the production that we got, which was, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, if not for Jonathan Allen's play, my grade would be lower. Um, you have two defensive ends who are big, physical, fast, and we got really no production. We, they got less production from them than a year before. Um, I thought Deron Payne was okay. Um, Matt Ioannidis, um, you know, he. I, 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 there were times I didn't know he was on the field. Uh, Tim Settle did look better. He looked, um, you know, pretty good uh, in uh, at spurts at uh, different times this year, but just not enough. Just not enough production with this uh, with this group, and it should be the easiest group to get production, and we didn't see it. So this is this is a D for me. This is the group we were counting on to really yes. lead our team, and they did not. They were not good. Um, you know, it's, he got, he's essentially the kid that like in the lunchroom, his parents packed him like a Lunchable in a gas station sized bag of chips where everybody else has school lunch. And then he threw that whole lunch that his parents packed him away and went and bought school lunch anyway. Like you made, he had such a good thing then, and then he didn't get anything out of it. That's not good. I'm going D minus here. Um, the other thing I'll point to is that, you know, Manny Benton came on this show a year ago and told us that John Allen and others had issues with Sam Mills from the start. Um, he eventually won them over, but when that was going on, they weren't really productive. Well, look, look at this year. There's something to that to me. Um, and so I don't know if I'm, I'm probably reaching here, but I'm not sure he'll be back. That's what I'm going to say, but I'm gonna give him a D D minus is what I'm going to do. Cause he took some great things and got really, really low productivity from those things. Um, all right. Steve Russ, our linebacker coach, Eric, let's go. Well, look at our first round pick. Um, I think, I don't know. 
I don't know who that's on. Like Jamie Davis just didn't develop this year and he was way over his head. Uh, he was, his head was swimming all year long. I think putting him at middle linebacker to start was a mistake. Um, you know, he definitely was not ready for that responsibility and it very clearly showed. And that's why his snap count was so low. I think they're going to have to reevaluate what they do with him. I think they even said that Ron Rivera said something about taking some responsibility away. So you may see him weak side or strong side or something next year. Um, but then again, Cole Holcomb was fantastic this year. Cole Holcomb is like borderline pro ball, in my opinion. He was, you know, probably had he played all the games, would have been top 10 in tackles in the league, top five in tackles maybe, because he was up there the whole like first half of the season. Um, and, you know, being able to move Landon Collins down there and get production out of him, you know, you got to say something for that. But, you know, just the, the, the lack of development that Jamin Davis had really is, is the biggest knock on him. So uh, I got to give him a D for that. Okay. Brian? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit higher grade on uh, the linebacker coach, and I will give him uh, a C. And I give him a C because he really only had Cole Holcomb to work with. That was his real full-time linebacker. The development of Jamin Davis, I don't put on him necessarily because he doesn't control uh, how much playing time uh, he gets. He doesn't control the defenses uh, that are run, uh, whether they're, you know, base, nickel, uh, dime, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, that, that falls on Del Rio. And to me, if, you know, if Jamin is struggling and he's struggling trying to play middle linebacker, what do you do? You just say, okay, well, we'll just sit him on the bench. No, you find out what he's good at and, and you let him do that. You know what the, you know, Dallas does? They, they let Micah Parsons rush the passer like a majority of the time, and they only ask him to drop back in coverage a couple of times. Well, you know, you know what? If Jamin's struggling, let him do something like that. Let's blitz him. Let's use him other ways uh, until he kind of builds up to where, you know, maybe he can handle that middle linebacker role full time. But just to bench him and have him not play, have him not get any reps or learn how to get better, uh, that was not good. But Steve Russ... I'll go with a save with him. I'm going D. I, Davis was awful, and I, and I disagree. I think you do have to put that on the position coach. Who else works more intimately with that linebacker than the linebacker coach? Um, there wasn't a lot else there. Do I credit him for landing Collins' play? No, because I don't think they really were playing him as a true linebacker. I think he was just a safety in the box. Um, and nothing much changed in terms of his skill set. And Holcomb was okay this year. Um, I think, Eric, you might be overstating how good he was just because of how bad everybody else was. But uh, I will take it. Uh, but I'm going to go with D there because I didn't think he really brought anything to our team to help us improve. Let, let, me, let me phrase it like this, see if this one changes your answer. Former uh, head coach Ron Rivera, linebacker, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, linebacker, would those two be more responsible for Jamin's development or Steve Russ? No, that's like saying the principal and the vice principal are, are more responsible for a student's grades than the teacher. No way. All right. All right. All right. Wide receivers coach Drew uh, Terrell. All right. Let's go. Well, um, I don't know who was responsible for telling Taylor Heineke to throw to Terry McLaurin, but they failed at their job. Uh, Deami Brown really didn't do a whole lot this year. He, he made a couple of catches the last few weeks, so good on him, but he was really just a non-factor for most of the year. 
Um, Cam Sims couldn't get in the lineup. Uh, I don't know if that's on the wide receivers coach or not. Um, I mean, really, they didn't get any. I mean, their quarterback play wasn't really very good, so it's hard to tell, you know, what the what the linebackers were or what the sorry what the coaches were, were, were or the wide receivers rather were were capable of. But I mean, outside of uh, Terry McLaurin being you know the best Terry McLaurin he could be with nobody throwing him the ball. What did the wide receivers really – what did the team get out of wide receivers this year? So, uh, D on the wide receivers. Okay. I think that's, that's uh, certainly something that we can go with. Uh, Brian, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to give away my grade and respond to that, but I failed miserably. Brian, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, it's tough, right, because we, we've got one legitimate – guy right we've got Terry he's awesome um but he doesn't have a legitimate quarterback and then the rest of the receivers uh, I mean they're they're all backups they're all third fourth fifth uh level type wide receivers they're I don't think uh you know I think we thought Dayami was going to be that um and that he had some injuries didn't play um fell down on some routes just for no reason uh during the game uh so he didn't look that great I, I but overall I you know, you're not working with a um, real high level of, um, you know, talent uh, in this group. And, um, you know, we also don't have a whole lot of talent at the quarterback position to get them the ball. Um, so I don't know how much, uh, you know, were they running the wrong routes or, or anything like that? I don't think so. Were they running the wrong depth of these routes? I don't think so. I just don't think the ball was getting to them on time or it was probably too high uh, for some of our shorter receivers. So I'm going to go with a, a C on that and largely because of McLaurin just having to do it all by himself, uh, essentially. Yeah. Um, Eric and I talked about this, Cam Sims, you know, he's good against, uh, what was it? Uh, zone. I forget what we he's said good. He's good against the zone. He's not great against man. He did improve a lot this year. He made a lot of good contested catch, or uh, yes. a lot in air quotes because he was never on the field. But for the amount of time he was on the field, he did make some impact plays against man coverage. And that's, that's, that's all I need to know. He improved a great deal. He's um, I get, I'm going to give him an incomplete because I really wanted to be more negative about him because we just got such a lack of production out of wide receivers um, and their inconsistencies. But Cam Sims did come a long, long way, and I'm going to credit him with that. Um, you can't, you know, you never got to see what Samuel can do because he was hurt this entire season. And then Diami, uh, yeah, he's sort of bringing the grade down right now, but he showed late in the year that he might have some ability that we could certainly use. I'm going to go with an incomplete um, for him. And then lastly, we're going to wrap it up with Ken Zampezi, the quarterback coach. Uh, Eric, start us out, man. I mean, I'll give him a B. You know, he, he got some decent play out of Heineke for the most part. I mean, you got a division one double a quarterback with a noodle arm and a tiny frame. And he lasted all season long threw more touchdowns than interceptions. Uh, you know, the play wasn't great, but I think he maximized what, you know, Heineke could do. And, uh, with the exception of the mobility, I don't know that he's responsible for the, you know, the play design for getting him moving more, uh, and the seven step drops. I, I would put that more on the play caller, uh, Scott Turner, but, um, I mean, yeah, Zampezi, I think is, uh, I think he did, I think he did a fine job with what he had. Uh, I don't know if he could have advocated to get Allen in a little sooner and maybe push the ball downfield a little more. I don't know. Uh, 
Um, but, you know, with the talent that this team had at quarterback and the production they got out of it was about the best you could expect. Um, so, yeah, I'll go ahead and give him a B. Okay. I think he'll take that a B. All right. Brian, what do you got? Um, yeah, it, it's it's really hard to kind of judge his, uh, you know, his performance because, you know, what did we have to work with at quarterback, right? We're talking about a backup level uh, player um, who has really big limitations. So I think um, Heineke played as about as well as you can expect a backup to play with uh, his uh, limited uh, ability and some of the limited weapons that we had as well, too. Um, so, uh, for me, I think a, uh, B is, uh, is, is pretty decent. I mean, to get Heineke, um, you know, that, uh, you know, professional of a, uh, production, uh, out of him, I think is, uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, I will go with a B minus, uh, though my heart wants me to go with like a C, I'm going to go with the B minus because I do agree that he got the most out of what was in that room. Um, Fitzpatrick, by all accounts, wasn't looking great before he got hurt. So who knows what that would have been. But, you know, the quarterback situation was not good all year. We had a few moments of bright spots, but I think that was more due to the talent limitation than it was to him as an indictment of his coaching ability. Um, so I'll go with a, what I say, a B minus. All right, as we wrap up, Folks, remember to subscribe. But Eric, any of those coaches uh, that you think won't be back next year? I think you nailed it. Sam Mills, uh, I think, is gone. Um, I think Norv Turner, well, I won't say I think he's gone. I think he's got a good chance to not be back next year. Um, I would not be surprised. We didn't talk about her, but Jennifer King may get a promotion somewhere. She might get a job offer elsewhere. Um, she seems to have a lot of respect. Uh, so we'll see about that. Um, you know, I'd like to think Scott Turner might not be back next year, but I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. I think Norvis or, uh, sorry, North, uh, Ron Rivera is pretty loyal and he's going to keep these guys around as long as he can. Uh, the, the one, uh, probably the, I'd say that if there's a most likely to leave, um, Jack Del Rio could be, uh, could be on the outs if like management forces a move or something like that, if they want to make a big shakeup. He seems to be the the mold of a guy that would get fired, but I don't. I honestly don't see that. Um, so I I can see the coaching staff mostly returning intact next year. Okay, I can see that too, Brian. What do you got? I think if the only person who should go is Scott Turner, but he's not going to go. But I think the only real people who that you know have a, a strong possibility is Sam Mills, right? You, you, you know, we talked about it. You have all of those weapons, four first round picks, so many high expectations and for you to get no production, you know, out of the entire group, except with the exception of Jonathan Allen and then have it all kind of end with that sideline fight uh, there uh, as well. Uh, I think, you know, they're, they're going to be looking at that position. Like, why didn't we get something uh, more? So that may be one where you see uh, somebody go. And I think, um, I think Eric had a, a nice point there about um, the running back uh, coach, um, you know, with, with Gibson, right. Uh, if we, if you're going to rely on a guy and he's, you know, fumbling as he is uh, you know, and that's a big part of the offense, right. Something's got to happen, got to change. I don't think Gibson's going anywhere. So maybe, uh, maybe it is Jennifer King who gets uh, the promotion and uh, Randy Jordan's on, uh, on the outs, but uh, I, I think minor changes, if anything, um, but mostly everyone comes back. 
I can dig it. Um, I'm going to see your Sam Mills. I'm going to raise you Steve Russ, the linebackers coach. I think both of them might be gone after this season. You know, the linebackers are just such an underperforming position this year. So um, I could see Ron wanting a different look, maybe a Luke Keekley to come in and coach yes. uh, Jamin Davis, you know. Player, coach player, right? You know what I'm saying? So just a potential. Now, we never want to advocate for people losing their jobs, but just from a pure football perspective, it might be time for a little bit of change there. All right. I think we're good. I think we got it. I think we nailed it. The coaches have now been graded. We can move on to something else in the offseason. Um, all in all, not a particularly strong year from anyone in the coaching staff, um, except for a couple of guys. But uh, hopefully we can be better next year. Now, what are we going to do at head trainer? Are they going to hire somebody or are we still waiting for that guy to not be arrested? Yeah, we got to bail out our next head trainer. Oh, oh, yeah. What happened with that? I completely forgot about that guy. He's in a DEA black site somewhere, still uh, still waiting to be interrogated. Uh, as far okay. As yeah, we're going to need one of those guys. <laughs> Get Bubba Tire on the phone. <laughs> we'll call him up. All right. If you made it this far, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Check out WFTDeclassified.com. Lots of great posts up there. Uh, we got something new about quarterbacks up, up there that's going crazy right now. So 